0: Welcome to Ashwood. Dark Stories for Bright Minds DEMON Jude closed his eyes and tried to calm himself. His heart seemed likely to beat out of his chest any second. He felt the adrenaline rushing through his veins as his fingers squeezed tightly around the handle of his baseball bat. He crouched low behind the car as he heard the man's footsteps on the other side. Jude thought of his mom, probably at home worried about where he was. Of course, she had no idea he was on this side of town right now. She had told him repeatedly not to go through these streets if he could avoid it, especially this late at night. She always warned him about how dangerous it was over here. She would often tell him that in these parts, even Jesus can't save you. He knew now that she was right. He wondered if he should have listened to her. Either way, there was no turning back now. He did not have a choice in the matter anymore. Jude was there on one side of the parked car, that man was on the other, and only one of them was going to live to see the next morning. If he did not do this, he would never be initiated. Jude knew that if he did not kill this stranger tonight, the other men would certainly kill Jude instead. This was the price of joining their ranks. He had to prove his loyalty to them. He took one last deep breath, opened his eyes, and quickly jumped up to attack the man. He would soon realize that he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Jude swung the bat with all his might, aiming for his victim's head. He hoped to get the job done in one blow. He knew that some of the guys enjoyed taking their time, but Jude had no interest in that. He had no problem killing a stranger, but he also did not want to make the process any longer or more difficult than it had to be. He even took his knife with him in case the bat did not work fast enough. The rules were to only use the bat, but Jude simply was not interested in watching anybody suffer. After taking aim, he closed his eyes in anticipation of connecting with the man's head. Jude expected to feel the cracking of a skull or the soft recoil of flesh, but instead he felt the bat stop suddenly, stuck in place. He opened his eyes quickly to see what had happened, and to his surprise the man was standing there, holding the bat in his left hand a few inches from his head. This was the first time Jude had actually seen the man up close. Earlier he had been following him from a distance, but up close he could see that the man was much larger than he seemed before. He had a bald head, bright green eyes, and wide arms and legs. The man looked heavy and solid, the sort of man he would expect to see in a local boxing studio taking out his middle-life crisis anxiety on a 100-pound bag. Jude could not believe the way the man looked, because he had seemed like such a small, easy target before. As Jude and the stranger stood there, frozen in time, Jude's eyes became fixed on the man's face. He was smiling back at Jude with a wide, eerie smile that seemed, somehow, otherworldly. His eyes were aglow with a strange fire of excitement. That look on his face pierced Jude's soul, and he suddenly felt a rush of terror overwhelm him. As it did, the man seemed to perceive Jude's change in feeling, and gleefully pulled the bat away from Jude. The bat went flying down the dark street. Jude was shocked to witness the man's strength the man grabbed Jude with one arm and lifted him high in the air. With a sudden rush, Jude was thrown over the car, smashing into the wall of the building next to it. Jude felt several ribs crack before he slumped onto the sidewalk. He grimaced in pain for a moment, trying to gather his focus and energy to try and make an escape. He opened his eyes just in time to see the large man jump over the car and land right in front of him. Jude came to the decision that this thing must not be a man after all. Even though he looked like a man, this must have been something else. Some sort of… beast. The beast watched as Jude struggled to get back on his feet. All the while, his smile remained fixed in place. The beast's expression was so still and calm that it was as if he were wearing a mask. Jude stared at it for a moment before turning his heels to run, but just as he did so, the beast grabbed him by the back of his neck. Once again, Jude felt himself being launched into the air. He tried to scream, but the pain in his chest made it impossible. He landed in the back of a dark alley. A pile of bags of trash broke his fall. He was glad for that small bit of luck, because otherwise he thought he would have likely died on impact. The beast slowly approached Jude from the end of the alley. The black silhouette stepped closer and closer, and as it did, it seemed to grow in size. When it finally reached Jude, it crouched down close to him. He could barely make out the bright smile in the darkness of the alley. He felt its hot breath against his face. Then it arched backwards and howled in laughter. Jude could do nothing but remain in place and watch. After several seconds of the beast's roars, it bent forward again and seemed to shrink before Jude's eyes. Within moments, the beast had once again become the small man that he had been following just a few minutes earlier. The man took a pair of glasses out of his pocket, wiped them on his shirt, and placed them gently on his nose. He crouched down and smiled at Jude. He placed a hand on Jude's shoulder and said, ''Nice to meet you, young man.'' Jude could say nothing. He had no idea what to do. The man kept a lock on Jude's eyes, waiting for a response. Jude eventually grunted, Hey. With that, the man clapped his hands together, squeezing them against his mouth as if he was praying, and giggled excitedly. Once again he has brought me a toy, cried the man. Jude was beginning to regain his senses, so he shuffled back a little bit into the bags of trash, trying to get into a spot that abated the pain of his broken ribs a little bit. Who are you? he finally said between short, shallow breaths. The man, who was still crouching in the same pose in front of Jude, lowered his hands a little and said, My name is Herod, before plopping his folded hands back against his mouth. Why are you doing this? muttered Jude. I should be asking you the same thing, responded Herod with a laugh. Of course he was right. Jude is the one who attacked first. He just never thought he would have this much of a fight. However, Jude figured he should try and keep this man distracted from whatever he was planning to do. So he asked another question. How are you doing this? At this, Herod's smirk grew into a wide smile. Not the evil smile from before, but a smile that perfectly fit a normal man like this. You wouldn't believe me if I told you, he answered in a sort of teasing sing-song voice. Try me. Well, alright said Herod, now standing up again, and dropping his hands to his sides. I am possessed by a demon. Jude could think of no response. Usually he would have just laughed it off if someone claimed to be possessed by a demon. That was only something that happened in the movies or the Bible. However, given what he had just witnessed, it was not hard to believe anymore. Herod began to stretch as if getting ready for a race. He did lunges, cracked his neck on either side, and twisted his torso back and forth. Whatever he was getting ready to do, Jude had no desire to find out. So he decided to keep Herod talking. I don't believe you, was all he could think of. Herod froze for a second and then said, Did you not see what just happened? Do you need a refresher? No, no, shouted Jude in desperation. I get it. Just how how did this happen? Oh, that story is personal. Just know that my demon has been with me for many, many years. He brings me toys. Like you. Even though the statement terrified Jude, he knew he needed to keep the man talking. Jude spat out some blood on the sidewalk and kept asking questions. What do you mean toys? What What do you plan to do? Herod tilted his head backwards and let out an awful, creepy moan as he answered Jude. Oh, everything. I'm going to kill you. It won't be fast, but it will sure be fun. Fun. Herod's whole body bounced up and down and laughed at this. Okay, but why me? Was it my fault? I just happened to pick you as my victim? This question seemed to startle Herod. He gave Jude a quizzical look and then said, Well... "'Yes and no, you did pick me as your victim, but the demon also picked you. "'He knew what you were doing. "'He knew where you were, so he told me to show up here tonight. "'He used me as bait. "'He likes to pick people.' "'Herod gave a quick gasp of air before continuing, as if something had bothered him. "'People like you.' "'People like me? "'What What the hell does that even mean?' demanded Jude." He was beginning to feel the pain numb a little, and he shifted again, trying to get a better balance of himself. "'You are going to hell. That kind of people,' beamed Herod, now looking eerily excited. "'You see, I have a desire, a need. It has haunted me for as long as I can remember. I have to kill things. There is no pleasure in the world, quite like that moment you watch a man's soul leave his body.' That moment when you feel that pinnacle of power and purpose. It drives me. I cannot get enough of it. I made a deal a long time ago. He gives me strength to overcome my prey. In return, he gets to choose who that will be. He always chooses people. Like you. You. Once again, Herod took a deep breath as if some unseen force was causing him pain. It took a while for Jude to think of something else to say. Fortunately, Herod seemed to freeze after that sentence, his face wincing as he stood there, staring into the dark nothingness somewhere above Jude's head. Finally, after once again shifting his legs to sit up a little more, Jude continued his line of questioning, hoping to distract Herod long enough to figure out a way out of this situation. How do you know I'm going to hell? The question got Herod's attention, but not in a way that Jude had hoped for. The question somehow seemed to anger Herod. The small man seemed to grow in stature again, but only a small amount compared to before. His face contorted into a hideous frown that was not human. Herod lunged forward and leaned against the trash on either side of Jude. Herod grunted loudly, bearing what seemed like hundreds of teeth in his wide mouth. He then groaned in a voice that no longer matched his short stature. You are sin. He shook his head violently. You, he shouted, as if fighting the words coming out of his own mouth. Sin! No! After that, he jumped back away from Jude and began scratching at his own face. Jude froze in terror. Herod arched his back, stuck out his fists on either side of his body, and screamed, He is my victim, demon! I can have my own fun! You can have him AFTER! A few seconds later, Herod relaxed and returned to his normal size again. He calmly straightened out the front of his shirt, cleared his throat, and then stepped next to Jude. He stood tall, staring down his nose at Jude as he continued speaking. You were about to murder me. You have sin in your heart. You are outside the grace of God. If I kill you now, while you are still in this state of sin, you are free for the taking The demon that possesses me will steal another soul from him. That is our agreement. He brings me victims. I send them to hell. As he was saying this, Herod was slowly getting closer and closer to Jude, his twisted smile growing larger with every word. It became too much for Jude to handle, and he felt the tears building up in his eyes. He let out a cry and muttered, Holy Mother of God! At this, Herod let out a loud, guttural wail and shrunk away from Jude. That reaction gave Jude a shred of hope, and he once again tried to shift his weight to get a better footing as he was slumped in the piles of trash. As he did so, he felt something shift in his pocket. It was his knife. He had completely forgotten about it. As if by instinct, Jude began to mutter the words his mother had taught him as a little boy as he reached into his pocket. Dios te salve, Maria. Before he could start the next sentence, Herod had grabbed Jude by the throat and held him up against the cold brick wall behind him. Jude struggled to catch his breath but he could not inhale. Herod had once again grown into the giant man from before, but this time the look on his face was one of absolute hatred and malice. Fortunately, he had not noticed that Jude was already taking out his knife. Jude thrust the knife forward into the chest of the beast several times. Herod jumped back, screaming in pain. Jude landed on the ground and felt the pain in his chest crescendo. He focused through the pain and used this moment to escape. He limped as fast as he could out of the alley, not looking back. He did not know where he was going, he just kept moving forward as fast as his beaten body would take him. He eventually found himself in front of a large cathedral. He heard chanting coming from inside. Jude shuffled forward and disappeared behind the giant wooden doors. Back in the alley, Herod slumped on the ground, coughing up blood. He could tell that Jude must have gotten something important with the knife. He was losing blood rapidly, it was painful to breathe, and he was getting colder by the second. He closed his eyes tightly and found comfort in the fact that, even though he was surely bound for hell, he would probably be treated like an old friend upon arrival. He felt the world melt away as he awaited his fate. The world continued to grow colder. And colder. He began to realize that the coldness was unlike anything he had felt before. It was an unnatural, freezing sensation like nothing he knew was possible. Deep in his gut, he felt an awful sensation as of some profound detachment from all that was pleasurable in his life. The growing darkness spread rapidly through him until it was overwhelming. It evolved into a hideous pain that he could not escape. He could not scratch at it. He could not throw it up. He had no body anymore. All he felt was an unquenchable thirst, a deep, seething agony that overtook his entire being. Then, emerging from the darkness, he recognized his old partner. The demon approached, looking uglier than anything Herod could have imagined. Without words, Herod pleaded to the thing for help. The demon's only reply was a laughter that penetrated Herod, and it was soon accompanied by a chorus of more laughter, taunting, wailing, crying, screaming, and shouting. The coldness continued to grow as Herod realized that after all these years, the devil was nothing more than a cheap liar. Today's story was written and narrated by me, Joey Kluge. Music and editing by Stephen Reeder. If you enjoyed today's episode, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast. Also, it would be a great help to us if you could leave us a good review. You can learn more about Ashwood at www.ashwoodstories.com. We also have a store with Ashwood merchandise at the same address, www.ashwoodstories.com. You can also follow us on social media at Ashwood Stories. As always, thank you for listening. Stay bright, everyone.